0: Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversation so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Gian Lemmy. I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Gian. Chad, another coach this week from St. Francis University, and you can just feel the energy. It must be incredible to work at St. Francis. That's my experience so far, just doing these podcasts with the St. Francis coaches. They just have such great energy. We had Rob Krimmel. Episode 63, I believe, and he's the, bet, the head basketball coach there. And today we got Jake Myers, the head strength and conditioning coach at St. Francis. And I just loved his energy throughout the whole interview.
1: Yeah, this, uh, this was so good. Uh, Jake, Jake really brought it. And uh, two things, two things that I, I really like. Number one, he's going to share two really practical uh, ideas, if especially if you're at a secular college on what you can do to stand out as a Christian coach. Um, And then second, he shares about his his coaching philosophy and just how how in line it is with Jesus' life. And I I really thought he shared that in a beautiful way. Uh, That's what stood out to me, Gian.
0: Yeah, I liked liked the coaching philosophy. And then he talked about how his coaching philosophy became his life philosophy as well. And he talks about the three pillars. Um, But Chad, you know, I wrote the book about creating your own coaching philosophy and I've had now the opportunity to actually work with some coaches one-on-one and helping them develop their own coaching philosophy and the first thing i tell them is that you cannot coach different than who you actually are like your life philosophy should be you know a part of your coaching philosophy and i joke that i try to be bill belichick for so long and i'm nothing like bill belichick you know and um and when i found that congruency between my life and coaching, that's when I got gave me clarity and courage and confidence to do to do a good job in all areas of my life. But I I, I really like Jake, so open and vulnerable, and and he also talked um, a teaser about mental health, right, which is huge nowadays in athletics and in society in general with COVID and shutdowns and everything. And then the extra question we asked him, and he had just had a baby when we talked to him on on the phone, and asked him for a few lessons that he's been learning since having his first baby, which I I know a lot of coaches in this situation now are getting, um, you know, they're getting pregnant, having their first baby, transitioning to a new lifestyle. Um, And so Jake had some good input in there as well, but coach, we don't want to waste any more time. We want to get right to it right now. Jake Myers, thank you so much for coming on the Christian coach podcast. Um, You've given us some great recommendations in the past already of guests. Um, but I'm so thankful that you're here t- with us today. As you know, our first question is always, what does it mean
2: to you to be a Christian coach? Uh, I'm, I'm just excited. You know, every time I listen to the podcast, I hear the question. So <laughs> I've been answering this, you know, every time I hear you, you ask it, I always answer it myself. So I'm kind of fired up to get to, you know, speak yeah. speak my mind on it. So uh, to me, it's it's just be different, you know. Um, you know, as, as it talks about in Matthew, like we're the salt of the earth. Like we, when you taste salt, you know it. You know it's salt, right? It's there, and so it's either making its its presence known, or it's bringing out the flavors of something else. So, you know, I, I just want my interactions with my athletes to just be different. You know, like when when Coach Myers co- coaches me, it's just it's just different. Like it's he says the same things, but just my interactions are just um just different. And he just you know I feel good. I still get everything I need to. From an ex is another strength and conditioning standpoint, but you know, there's just
0: when I interact with him,
2: there's something different, you know, yeah. and, and I think being different then kind of leads to some curiosity why is he different, you know, and uh, like I talked, this is my first time at a religious um, affiliated school, so um, I can kind of be a little bit more open, yeah. so <laughs> to speak, um, and just kind of leaving other hints around, you know, wearing the he would love first bracelet, having my Bible. In my office on my desk like you know at once athletes start to kind of put all the pieces together and then they kind of you know they kind of kind of start to formulate and then they come ask me and then obviously um then you know i can kind of yeah really kind of dive deep, deep into it but to be a Christian coach is just be different and then make them wonder why
0: yeah no that's i think that's a, a good call is they need to be able to almost like taste it the salt right they need to they need to feel it they need to um there's a a lot of coaches answer with the aroma of christ right it smells Mm -hmm. different like it's just like you can tell there's something there um how has you mentioned this is your first um religious affiliated school that you worked for Mm -hmm. how has your coaching philosophy changed now that you're able to be a little bit more open about your faith
2: yeah, so I think you know my my coaching philosophy, and it's really kind of turned into a, a life philosophy as I've kind of expanded it, um, is humility, consistency, and ownership. Um, like those are my three pillars. Um, you know, that's what every day is on every workout that I print out <laughs> for my athletes. Like those are my three things, and you know, I kind of I got them from not from Christian books, but I kind of got these these ideas from them, and I kind of like try to boil it down. What's what's the simplest way to be successful, uh, for a team, a team culture. Um, and I kind of came down to those three things. And I, you know, if you have those three things, you're going to be successful, um, yeah. uh, in life in athletics, whatever it may be. Um, but then kind of always everything that I do kind of looking at it and checking it against the Bible, you know, is that biblical? Is it, um, supported? And, you know, I kind of came to those three things and I'm like, you know, I see it in a verse here and a devotional here. And I'm like, this is extremely biblical. <laughs> you know, my, my coaching philosophy is extremely biblical. Um, but it, it's not openly, you know, in the case of if I'm at a, a public yep. university or something like that. So, you know, and I think obviously the easy answer is Jesus was the greatest example of humility, consistency, and ownership. I mean, we sin and he takes the ownership by going to the cross for us. Like, you know, if that's not ownership, then, you know, I've missed the boat. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's Um, true.
2: That's true. You know, so, and obviously humility, I mean, you know, just a carpenter, a blue collar worker with the power of the the almighty and, you know, and he's just walking around like a normal guy. So,
0: yeah,
2: you know, it's just one of those things where I think my coaching philosophy was kind of developed, um, separately, but then I started to kind of, cross-reference it you know hey does this make sense with my faith and then it kind of just the bible just supported it and i can kind of you know there's so many bible verses that can support each pillar of, of that and and that's what's really kind of for me it kind of really made me kind of even more buy into it because i can support it no matter what aspect of my life it's you know straight coaching um but it also is a great segue um for reasons why I think humility is great, Jesus. Reasons why I think consistency is a key to a success, Jesus. Yeah, Ownership, yeah. Jesus. You know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a great segue without kind of being directly in, in, in your face for maybe an athlete who's in a different part of their walk.
0: True, true. That, that, that's a great answer. Um, you Did you always want to be a strength and conditioning coach?
2: I always wanted to be a coach and I just kind of seemed just natural. I didn't really ever put too much (laughs) thought into it. I just kind of always assumed, assumed coaching. Um, But kind of, again, you look back and you're like, yeah, all the signs were there (laughs) with that strength conditioning was kind of where I I needed to go. Um, You know, but my biggest reason for choosing strength and conditioning was to affect, you know, the, the second, third, fourth string, uh, you know, coming up as a football player and not always being focused on, you know, who's starting, who's playing the most snaps um, as a strength coach, you know, position, sport coaches, you know, they kind of have to, you know, they're out there to win, but strength coaches, everybody walks in that, through the doors of the weight room, like you're getting coached the same, no matter your, your uh, you know, the string that you play. So, you know, and, and I was a weight room guy in, in college, you know, so I like the weight room and, it, you know, it's a passion of mine, but at the same time I feel transitioning, kind of just get to see the athletes a little bit out of their element sometimes. Um, and I'm not tied to one sport, you know, I love working with athletes of all sports because, you know, they're kind of, they kind of balance me out too. You know, I'm not all up and hype all the time, you know, not all cerebral and individual training all the time. So I kind of get a mix and kind of keep it, keep it fresh every day. That's good. Um, how, how did you get into sports?
0: Um, you mentioned you play football, uh, give us a little bit of background on your childhood and growing up and how, how, how that affected you now as a coach.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was just growing up. I played, you know, before college I played football, um, baseball, wrestling. I threw javelin shot put, um, you know, so kind of just, uh, all athlete, athletics was always kind of just part of who I was, a uh, natural inclination towards it. Um, and pursued college, uh, pursued football in college, that was just, that was my passion, um, you know, that, that's what really lit, lit the fire in me, you know, as, as a, as a person, um, you know, and so then, like I said, and that kind of led, maybe making the connection, hey, the weight room affects how you play, and then it, you know, again, that's where kind of my passions kind of converged, and then continued to go towards the, uh, the weight room route, and yeah. just kind of, <laughs> always enjoying explaining and teach the teaching side of coaching um it's just always something kind of come comes natural and na- natural in- inclination to do so,
0: what well, um, what do you think is the role of the strength and conditioning coach with, within the larger program right and um besides helping them get stronger right um and fitter what do you think is your role in strength and conditioning coaches roles as, as, as in general
2: yeah i mean i think that's you know is meet them where they're at you know and a lot of times as freshmen too like you you might have seen a, a tennis recruit you saw them play in person or you saw their highlight tape or film or whatever a lot of times as a strength coach we don't get to see them until they show up on campus yep. workout number one um so we got a lot coming in the door so we're going to meet them where they're at as a freshman, but every single day to some degree, you're going to get a little variance of each athlete. Um, So meet them where they're at and kind of see them in a different light. You know, I have no say in their playing time or their, their spot, you know, one through six in the lineup. Like I have no say in all that. So it's just kind of seeing the athlete in a different, different light. You know, I tell our staff, you know, I'm the, I'm a basketball coach in charge of strength conditioning i'm the football coach in charge of strength conditioning you know our goal is to integrate as much as we can um into each sport um so that way you know what i do in the weight room uh complements what they're what's going on in the field and the court um and it's not just hey go to the weight room work out and then come back and we'll do you know sport work
0: uh, yeah so we try to
2: integrate as much as we can um but at the same time you know we're always we're seeing the kids in a, in a different light. Um, and you know, they don't, they don't come to college to, to lift weights, you know, they come to play their sport and, and kind of find in our role to just optimizing that.
0: It usually ends up that the ones who do fall in love with the weight room and the ones who are performing uh, at yeah. the highest level.
2: Yeah. That, that, that's the ultimate goal, you know, is, to, you know, just create the buy-in in the weight room, you know? Yeah. You didn't come here to lift weights, but we can still have fun. We can still have fun in the weight room. Um, so, you know, that, that's kind of the thing. No matter what their view on the weight room is, we still need to develop um, one way or another.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think, you know, the weight room is important. It builds muscle, but I think it also builds character, right? And it, and it reveals character, too, I think, because mm-hmm. there you're pushed to your physical limit, your mental limit without technically seeing the results of X's and O's. You know, exactly. so um, so if you're still bought in after suffering through that physical challenge, and you continue to do it, that shows that you really have it. You know that you have it yeah. in you to be successful. Exactly. Um, and and when you go through those things, you kind of get more vulnerable and you open up to the to the to the strength and conditioning coach.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm very
0: jealous of our strength and conditioning coach because he has some great conversations with our players that yeah. I necessarily don't get to have because here even though we do have a personal relationship, it's different, right? Cause they know I'm in charge of their playing time. I'm yeah. in charge, even though I love them to death and that they'll never change. Um, it's, it's a little different of a relationship. And I think um, I know of some coaches, and that happens with a lot of Olympic sports um, that think the strength and conditioning coaches are, are going to hurt their players or they don't know the training and sometimes that's mm-hmm. the case, right? Maybe yeah. there's not a one that is well-trained, but I think it's it's very valuable that time in the gym consistently to to build character.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think as strength and conditioning coaches, we need, I'm very cognizant and aware that there's a stereotype of strength coaches, right? You know, we see it all over social media, whatever the, you know, whatever's being put out there. So as a strength and conditioning professional, I need to be aware of the stereotype that that if you don't know anything else, you think this is what I am, and I need to make sure i break that in order you know i'm not that i am i'm me and i'm going to treat your athletes um you know for optimal performance i'm going to get the best out of them i don't care what the stereotype is i'm i'm there i'm i'm a tennis coach in charge of strength yeah their physical development
0: yeah that, that that's great um I saw it on your on your Twitter account. You 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 talked about James one two and before we started recording, you showed me your tattoo. Um, what 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 is the meaning behind um, that verse and uh, why is it meaningful to you?
2: To me, it's just you know having gone through you know some as as we we all have kind of our our story and our struggles, kind of some some mental health issues. You know, just very hard on myself and whatnot, but. The whole consider it pure joy when you face adversity. You know, it's just standing eye to eye, looking at adversity eye to eye, and really saying, is that all you got? Um, is kind of the thing. And that's why I have it on my forearm where it's very visible, you know, if I'm going through a frustrating day, this, that, and the other. Like, you know, consider it great joy because when you get through <laughs> this, like you're gonna be so much better. Again, I could really tie that back into the weight room too. <laughs> but yeah, you know, <laughs> when you go through adversity. know i've always when when just little nagging bad things always happen i kind of celebrate i'm like something good's something good's coming on the back end of this you know it's not going to be bad forever um again i might wait longer than i wish (laughs) for that good thing to come through but um james one two is just kind of for me a mindset of all right adversity is going to happen you can't avoid it um but take joy in it you know because if you're having adversity then it means you're pushing yourself. It means you're kind of stretching your comfort level, you know, outside your comfort zone, like, you know, and that, that's where God's going to grow you. Right. You know, if you stay in your comfort zone comfort, it's just, you know, you just don't, you don't experience uh, anything like that. Right. So, you know, the adversities that I've gone through professionally and personally um, on the backside of those, it's just that to overcome them, it just feels so much better, the greater, the greater the adversity the greater the the joy and peace and relief on the on the back end of that so, yeah, yeah it's just kind of a mindset you stare adversity square in the face and be like all right cool because what's behind you is what i'm getting at like i'm getting right through you uh for that yeah
0: and, and it's coming from you know um probably jesus's half brother right so, so yeah. we probably should listen and and, uh, and try to abide i think the book of James alongside the book of Philippians to me are, are two of the best books in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think James is that, that book is so practical, right? He just yeah, gives you sure, orders, feels- just giving you commands. Like yeah. it almost felt, feels like it's his last hour on the earth and he's just teaching. He's just trying to tell you as much as he knows, you know, from yeah. living right next to Jesus for all those years. Exactly. Um, it's, it, it's a great book. Um, my, my, my next question Um, you you mentioned a little bit about mental health. Um, We don't have to go into details of your personal story if you don't want to, but now it's a big issue here with athletes coming up, right? And even adults now and COVID exposed a lot, right? Um, What are some of the things that you've seen um, being done that do help these young kids now with mental health? Because it's a big issue that we all have to deal with now. Um, Part of the recruiting process now with tennis, we saw Osaka, Osaka, Quit the tournament because she didn't want to give uh, press conferences. Um, Where are some of the things that, that you've seen being done that, that help athletes um, with, with mental health issues?
2: I think just the biggest thing is just it's okay to talk about it now. It used to be just such a stigma, yeah. Stigma, taboo, you know, and it's still hard, you know, it's, it's so abstract, you know, uh, a yeah. physical illness. Hey, you have these symptoms. Oh, an like- X
0: ray exposes it too
2: yeah, it's so cut and dry, black and white, um, to where mental health and it's so individual based too, um, you know, the same event could happen and it's going to affect me different than it affects you. So, um, but I think the biggest thing that I've, that I think we're changing where it's, it's okay. It's good to talk about it. But the biggest thing that I've found is like accepting those, the feelings or whatever's causing your mental health. Like all right, I'm mad. Why am I mad? Embrace it, you know, like be mad for whatever, a minute, two minutes, whatever you need to do. Um, Because I think if you try to suppress it, and again, I'm preaching to myself on this one hard too. When you try to suppress those emotions, okay, you you suppress it that time, but eventually it's going to build, it's going to build. And then, you know, it just all comes out at once. So I think being able to embrace, hey, I'm anxious right now why am I, you know, let me, let me dive deeper. All right. What's happened today that would cause me to be anxious. Um, and just trying to embrace it instead of kind of run away and hide. I'm anxious. Oh, let me go, uh, do something, to take my mind off of it. You know? So I think that's kind of the biggest thing and just, you know, going through my own battle with it again, I I think it's one of those things you never, you never win. It's just a constant, you learn how to fight better. Um, but it's kind of, it's, I've had a lot of great conversations with athletes and being able to share, you know, my vulnerabilities to them. Hey, like I've been where you've been. I feel I haven't been where you are, but I've been similar. You know, I had my own battle. This is how I've done. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, it's one of those things I I know the feeling, but Hey, we still, we got to keep pushing forward. We can't just, just, Lay o- roll over and, and die, you know, we got to <laughs> keep, keep moving forward type of thing. So it's, it's kind of opened a lot of doors for some good conversations.
0: Yeah, um, we, we just read a book um, called Get Out of Your Head um, by Jenny, Jenny Allen um, with the team. And she talks about a lot about mental health and um, loneliness, you know, and how we think we're the only ones facing that problem, right? And or I'm lonely, and our mind and you know satan tells us oh that means you're not right you should be apart from people just be by yourself yeah you're lonely and you tell yourself i need to be by myself to figure this yeah. out there's something wrong with me. and then you'll be by yourself and then you feel more lonely and, exactly um, and when you're able to speak up and and us as coaches can can have that um, open dialogue and we can you know promote that kind of dialogue, it shows that every one of us is going through something. You know, it might yeah. not be the same exact thing, but we all have issues. And sometimes social media just portrays incredible moments, right? Every time it's just perfect life, perfect life, perfect life. And we look at ourselves we're like, man, this my life sucks compared to this. <laughs> you know, I woke yeah. up sunrise was terrible in my place. This girl is here with this guy is doing in the beach, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's um it it's an issue I think that coaches need to start taking more
2: more and seriously I think it's important for athletes. Cause as coaches, you know, we've kind of, our athletes kind of look up to us, you know, yeah. just based on our position, the, your position kind of is set for that. So they kind of think, Oh, they've got, they've got their life figured out. They, everything's, you know, perfect for them. So by telling them like, you thought I was perfect, but Hey, that day, I was going through some stuff that day and you had no idea or this, that and the other. So I think it's kind of, um, it's great for our athletes to kind of understand. Yeah. You know, it's not always what, what we portray too. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's true.
0: Well, coach Myers, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We like to pray for you at the end. So how can we be praying for you?
2: The biggest thing for me is just, you know, obviously guidance and wisdom just for my day to day life and interactions with my athletes. Um, the biggest thing is just to see the moments that, guys kind of just give me a soft toss hey this athlete's primed hey bring me up here um you know just be have the vision to see that like hey this athlete wants me to witness to him or you know wants me to say something to speak into their life um and not just kind of not realize you know take it make the most of the opportunity you know as long as if i can make the most of the opportunity um you know that that's why, why I'm in the position that I am. Yeah, sounds good. All right, let's pray.
0: Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this talk with Coach Myers. Uh, thank you for his leadership there at St. Francis and everywhere he's been. Um, Lord, thank you that he, he wants to make an impact in the lives of the athletes and the people that he comes in contact with for your glory and for your kingdom, Father. Lord, I pray that you give him opportunities, that, that you show him explicitly who, who you want him to have conversations with and who he, uh, he can share your message um, with. And um, Lord, you know, the the weight room is such a perfect environment for for coaches to speak life into their athletes. And I pray that you put him in many, many positions um, where he can he can speak life into his athletes. Um, Lord, thank you for um, this conversation. And may you always be glorifying to you in everything we say and do. In I pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen, amen, Gian. That uh, that was so good. Jake, Jake brought the energy. I love strength coaches, and and even what he touched on on uh, a strength coach being able to really see see first string through fourth string. They're all equal once they hit the weight room, and I love that. That's why he got into coaching was to try to uh, love on and, and encourage and and grow. You know, every single player on the squad and. Just those two simple practical things on, on having a bracelet that might direct people towards Christ or a conversation, and then just putting your Bible on the desk. Those can yeah. really open up doors for for you, coach. And and then his three his three uh, pillars. You know, you talked about it on the intro, and, and just thinking, you know, like Bobby Knight at Indiana cannot coach like Tony Dungy with, with yeah. the Indianapolis Colts. Like they're two completely different personalities and people. And yeah. just being who we are, I agree that that's huge. But he talked about humility, consistency and ownership. Um, but tell me more, Gian.
0: Yeah, I, you know, Jake's um, wisdom just came through, right? And and he, he's worked in secular places before, and now he's able to be a little bit more open about his faith as St. Francis um but you could just feel that he truly cared for his athletes right they're not there again we keep going back to transactional versus transformational coach but you could really feel even by his answer of why he chose strength and conditioning instead of a sports coach was that so he could pour into the third and fourth stringers which is so true right you know us coaches have to spend time with the people who are performing on a consistent consistent basis right but those strength coaches they don't see any different. they're the first stringer has the same requirements as the, the fourth stringer. And that's why I love strength and conditioning coaches so much.
1: Yeah, 100%. And he talked about just meeting them where they're at. You know, like I've seen, I see a lot of kids, especially with tennis, you know, they haven't done much weight weight room work and uh, they're just scared to put any weight on their shoulders and they probably shouldn't yet. You know, they have all these hamstring and, and deficiencies. So I, I love that he shared that, that he's gonna adapt to each sport. And, and then just moving on to, to thoughts on mental health. Um, just I love what he, he gave the advice on just embrace the emotions you know be mad be sad uh, name them and, and experience them and just a quick story for me as I uh, just a little piece of advice but I, I went to one of the most sad uh, funerals that I had ever been to uh, this kid this guy that, that led worship in my youth group so sad uh, his son passed away suddenly at age two and just all the tears and, and the funeral and um, I found myself there like sad but I didn't cry and I was like man what's wrong with me this is the saddest place I've ever been and I was talking to my buddy a mentor of mine and he just gave me the the a weird piece of advice but he said watch the most sad movies that you can And uh, so I remember one was walk to remember and up yeah. You know, and he said, try to cry, like feel the emotion and let yourself cry. Because usually if you're a guy, yeah. if you're in the movie theater, or watching with your wife, you're going to suck it yeah. up and be like, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to be tough, you know, but just that, that thought on it's yeah. OK as a man to feel these, these sadness. And even through the, yeah. the Bible recap that we were talking about with reading about Joseph, you know, yeah. and just how he wept. He felt yeah. that emotion eventually after grieving through it. So um, that's those are my thoughts on on feeling the emotion. I love that Jake shared that
0: yeah love love jake love the energy can't wait to get more saint francis coaches out here chad because their their energy is just infectious and um we 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 love to continue these conversations if you want to rate and review our podcast that would be great it only takes three five seconds to do so and it helps us get the word out um, to as many people as possible but coach always remember the mission field is right where you're at